Happy Mother's Day, moms. You're all originals. Whatever the judgment is, you're the judgment. But one of the things that we like to recognize about moms is the true giving, true your love, true your sacrifice. Um, you kind of give us the picture of what that's like. And moms are really stunned in many ways because sons end up looking for a child And then they also influence their daughters. Because how moms treat their husbands will also be seen in the way that their daughters treat their husbands. And they watch. They watch you. And yet at the same time, for those who have not had the opportunity to be moms, I love what Diane Ware just posted on Facebook this past week. To those ladies who do not have biological children, remember this Mother's Day that someone is always watching you. You may be an example to children that you're not aware of and may never know. If you will indeed be blessed when one of them comes to you to tell you how blessed they have been by the Lord. And my prayer is that we're all in your lifetime because it's such a God. One of the series of messages called Watching You. And the reality is, moms, you are being watched, don't you? Our kids watch you. What are we And if we want to improve, where do we start? I think that when it comes to relationships and when it comes to things trying to do with, with family and different things like that, we need to start with God. Because God is at the center of everything. And, and, and it, when, when our life begins in God, we find ourselves flowing out of a relationship with Him. The Bible teaches that God is the ultimate reconciler, and you can't help but read through the entire Bible and find that God has started the process of reconciling all humanity to Himself, even when they turned away from Him. God has reached out to us, and yet we have rejected. But thank God that through history he took the ultimate step to restore a relationship with us. He sent his son for us, which we just celebrated and remembered and witnessed. And yet he only seems to sit on him, turn their backs on him, cursed him, and killed him. And yet, through what Jesus did on the cross, which was designed to be the ultimate sign of humiliation, God turned into a sign of victory. Because it says, the cross says, that through Jesus Christ, and through Him alone, we can have a relationship with the Almighty and the All-Living God. And all God's people said, Amen. And that's love. That is pure, undefiled love. And as Jesus followers, we have been called to reflect God in our lives. We have been called to reflect our Lord. And that happens in relationships. And we end up doing that here in the church building. We end up doing that with believers. Because really, when we come back to that's what the church is. 
The church is a place and something that everybody can belong to. And the entrance to the conclusion is acceptance of what Jesus has done for us and trusting in Him and finding joy in Him. In Ephesians chapter 4, I want to encourage you, if you want to open your Bibles or your Bible apps, turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and if you don't know where it is and you want to get a hold of the Bible, go all the way to the last chapter of the Bible, which is the New Testament, and go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, and then Ephesians. It's just a small book, about six chapters long. And it talks about the church. It talks about us. It talks about relationships. And in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says that some have been gifted to lead, to lead so that the rest of the body can be equipped to serve, grow, and live in unity and fulfill the mission that God has called us to do and then we can tell others about Jesus Christ. And the younger in the faith, in this family, are watching those who are more mature and how we handle our relationships. And basically what this passage of Scripture talks about is that the way that our relationship with Jesus is not just something that we do personally. It should affect everything in our lives, but it should affect how we handle our relationships. Especially our relationships within our family. Moms and dads, you can watch. You're being watched by grandparents. You are being watched. Kids learn how to deal with others by watching how you relate to them. And Ephesians chapter 4 talks about three kinds of relationships, and, and, and they're, they're found from verse 17 all the way to the end of the chapter. So I want us to go ahead and look at the first, the first of the relationships. And it, the kind of relationship that God talks about, and that is transformational relationships. Let's start with verse 17 and on through verse 24. So I'll tell you that it is fixed on in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity in their own truth. That, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This passage of scripture talks about a contrast in relationships. Whereas on, on, on one end you find the world's way of dealing with relationships, and how so often they are conditional. Because they are selfish, they are greedy, they are indulgent, they are impure. And yet, you find out what God relationships and God's relationships are all about because they involve being selfless, giving, self-controlled, pure. Sometimes they tell you that things pick up this stuff very, very quickly. And 
and trying to build relationships as a parent and as an adult will likely be the same way that your kids will behave toward others, not only now, but especially in the future. And I find that to be true. My son is like 36 years old. And I watched them deal with their kids, and I watched them deal with their family. And I find myself thinking, oh my word. <laughs> now, I, I, I see myself. And they probably said, oh my word, just to come with my head. <laughs> Unfortunately, the tendency of the church today is not to act any differently. As a Christian, from those who are not. And yet, here there's a contrast. And the Bible talks about that there's going to be a difference in our behavior, not to be judgmental for it, but to show the transformation that only Jesus Christ can bring. I'm going to mention something that will probably put some of you on the defensive. And please hear my heart when I say this. That is not my opinion. Nor is it my desire. One thing that the world widely accepts is the idea that being sexually intimate and active in or living together prior to marriage is okay. That pornography is acceptable. That casual hookups are just fine. For the most part, people in the church quietly agree with that. And yet the Bible teaches something different. The Bible teaches that special expression outside of marriage between a man and a woman is good. It's wrong. And the term that is used in the Bible is special immorality. And it means special, any special behavior outside of the covenant relationship that takes place between a man and a wife that they are privileged to have because of their commitment to each other. Paul even goes so far as to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 19, or verse 9, it is just a narrative to bring them back. In other words, if sex is constantly on your mind and you can't get, get, get away from it, it's better to marry and to indulge in those passions outside of that specific relationship. And I realize that in a crowd like this, I'm going to be talking to people who are very definitely affected by it. If your intent is to marry in any way, would you see? As a matter of fact, I'm free. And I'm willing to go ahead and, and, and if, if it's something that, that you can do and are willing to do, I don't perform the marriage ceremonies privately in order for you to be able to go ahead and be right in God's eyes. So that then you can later on plan for great celebrations with family and friends and what you want it done and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not offering this uh, for personal benefit. As a matter of fact, what that does, what that would do is increase my workload of 20 of these, you know, whoever. Uh, 
when you're up in front of the screen, and it just blows up in front of people, and they end up being hurt by this crap. And the carelessness of mind, insensitivity, and different things like that. And that's why Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, just a few verses before what we are looking at right now, he says, speak the truth in love. Because how you say something is just as important as what it is. Secondly, he says, if you're angry, but don't sin. And you're thinking, how in the world would I do that? <laughs> we need to resolve our anger quickly. And do it with the idea of wanting to restore the relationship as soon as possible. Kids do need to see us get angry at some, some things. But they also need to know that the relationship is far more important, and they need to see us make efforts to go ahead and reconcile with them and to let them know that everything is okay and they're still loved and they're still cared for, even after moments of discipline. When you have a bad day at work, which is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, or maybe even longer than that, I want to suggest to you that you don't take it out of the kids. Don't go home and kick the cat. Or the dog. Or the rat. Or whoever it might be. Okay, Paul? Did you get it? Take the time to cool down before we go And be honest with your family members that today has been a real challenging one. You need some space, you need some time. And then sit with your spouse privately and talk about your frustration and talk it through. And if you're not married, I would recommend that you call a trusted friend and ask to get coffee so that you can talk it through. How you handle those moments is not lost on your kids. They see honesty. And they also see that you don't take out your anger. I have to confess to you that I didn't do this very well in the early years of my son's life. See, in our previous ministry, the church was over here, and almost as close as this, our house was over here. We lived in what is called the parsonage. Well, you're in trouble. Okay? But we lived in a house that was very close to the and oftentimes some things would take place to be honest, or when I was out on calls, visiting with people, different things, and I had to deal with some very difficult situations. And, and my blood pressure was up, my anger was up here or whatever. And I just found myself walking home. And the kids, the boys would do something. Not for what they did, but I was taking out my frustration for what had taken place earlier on. Fortunately, I am blessed to have a wife who lovingly puts her arm around me and looks me in the eye with those beautiful eyes that she has. And she said, Mark, put me in this I'm going to go 
Don't be so focused on yourself to the exclusion of others. And folks, this is a message for our times. We'll spend it last week. We live in times when people are taught to give up, even if it means lying, cheating, stealing from others. And if we follow Jesus, our work will take on new meaning, and we use it to not only gain the living, but to help others. We become generous with our time and resources instead of hoarding it for ourselves. Instead of being overcome by greed. And all these qualities point to being real, to being authentic, to not being hypocritical. Hypocrisy is something that teens and young adults can smell a lot of love. Integrity, though, is what's attractive. And one of the reasons Jesus is attractive is that he modeled that integrity all the way through his life. He was always truthful. And he managed, even through that truth, to show love to people. Love without truth is fireless, and truth without love is cruel. And Jesus is truthful. And yet people flocked to him in spite of him. Jesus also knew how and when to get angry, but, but anger does not define Jesus, does it? When you look at his life, and when people look at his life, even from his subjective standpoint, they have to conclude that he was full of love. And his followers of Jesus, love should be our defining characteristics. But children also watch the wither and how he cultivates wholesome relationships. Look at verses 29 through 32. Do not let any of the bulls who talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, but it is And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and splendor, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God also. You know that uh, there is a statistic floating out on the internet, and because it's on the internet, it must be true. That statistic means that women talk more than men do. Did you know that that's not true? <laughs> Many women talk pretty much the same amount. How many women talk that? I'm not honest. They talk the same amount. It's good to we got this like to talk about fishing, women, what you feel about baseball, or whatever. Ladies love to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. And I think it's very important for us to be able to stand out on Mother's Day because moms 
And ladies, whether you believe it or not, you can give a bad rap. Okay? And you have high commitments to do what I just said, and I can provide you with the evidence of it because I saw it on the internet too. And yet, what we talk about, and how we talk about it, particularly when it comes to people, is something that our kids listen to. I can tell you how many times I've met my boys when they were growing up. Sitting around playing with a toy or something like that, or having Nintendo and using it, or watching TV and him and I have been talking about something, or I've said something to someone, and they have repeated everything that I've just said verbatim. And I'm thinking, where did you hear that? Watching you, yeah. Watching you. When you're talking about people, moms, dads, what are you talking about? If they hear you say things, and then you they repeat them, and then you go ahead and say to them, hey, you should never say that. You're doing what Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 warns you. Because Paul says, fathers don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And the warning for fathers is not just applicable to dads, but applicable to both sex, to, 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 each, to each member of the family, mom and dad. So, moms, do you gossip about people? Dads, do you talk to people and there is an edge of what you say about it and how you say it? Are we going to cut down or do we encourage and build up those who are within our careers and spirit? Folks, I am convinced that Christians should be some of the most positive people in the world because we have been transformed from dead to being alive. We have been given a new opportunity and a new reason on life. And we no longer need to fear that one thing that every single person fears, and that is death. Instead, it becomes a threshold and a transition from this life to the next. We have all those things to look forward to because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And we are filled with the Spirit. We are adopted into God's family. And no matter what the circumstances are in life, He says that He will be with us. And all of us should be some of the most joyful people around. Even when we are facing seemingly impossible circumstances, because our God is greater than all. Unfortunately, that is not what our culture sees so often. You ask the average person on the street what it is that they think about Christians, and you will hear words like hypocritical, judgmental, nasty, rude. While many do not have that, unfortunately, some do. And Jesus says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what has been posted and said on social media a lot of times, especially by the many followers of Jesus, it troubles me. 
And he is who Jesus in what you said and what you did. He is who Jesus in our worship. Father, we just come to you and ask thank you that you love us to an everlasting love. That you give us the opportunity to know and have all the relationships with other people, but a life comes in relationships with you. And that becomes the basis upon which our lives are turned into glory and glory. Our lives make a difference in other places in ways that we never would have been able to imagine. I thank you for your amazing and wonderful grace. And I thank you, Lord, that we can come to you because of it. Because that grace was done to us in the most beautiful way. Thank you.